Hoxton Movies with Nikki, Matt, and Morton on Hoxton Radio. Good evening and welcome to Hoxton Movies on Hoxton Radio. You've got Nikki, Morton, and Matt in the studio with you. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm good. You good. good, yeah. Chomping on mini muffins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to pack into the show today. We're going to be talking about a lot of, we've got a lot of trailers in movie news. Um, we're going to be playing the trailer for Booksmart, which is Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, as well as the new Aladdin trailer and the new Avengers trailer, which dropped about two or three hours ago. Did we know that was coming? Yeah. No. Oh, didn't we? No, I thought we did know. Nowhere, I thought. Yeah, I did too. Because there is obviously a stinger in Captain Marvel, um, mm. as there always is with every Marvel film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose, yeah, because it's only a month, isn't it? It's a month away. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's come around really quickly. I didn't think it was coming out this year. I don't know why, but yeah. Uh, we're also going to be reviewing Captain Marvel, which Matt just mentioned. Girl, the kindergarten teacher, Benjamin, Ben and Ben is back. And also Morton will be telling us everything that's happening at Genesis. But first up, we've got news all the latest movie news on hoxton movies so first up is the um first trailer for olivia wilde's book smart which it's been doing great notices at south by southwest festival it looks awesome to be honest <laughs> actually i'm i'm really excited to see this um olivia wilde's kind of this is her first time as director but she's obviously been in a lot of films and tv um including the oc which is when i first discovered her she in the OC? Yeah, she was Melissa, Melissa's girlfriend in the OC. I did not know that. Mm. Wow. Yep. Um, it's a story about um, Molly and Amy, who've been academic superstars and best friends for years, but they decide when they've sort of made all their grades that they're going to sort of have like a wild side, like a wild time, because they've been holding back on having wild nights out and partying with all their all of their friends at school because they've been trying to get good grades, and now they have good grades, so they're going to let loose. Go wild. Get out there. I don't know. Shake it up. Is yeah. any more <laughs> phrases you can say? G- girls gone wild. Craziness. Spring break. I don't know. Loads of stuff that Americans do. Isn't that thing? That's what they always do. <laughs> These movies are always made. <laughs> girls gone Olivia wild. Good morning. Oh, good. Take a deep breath. Visualize the mountain of your success and look down at everyone who's ever doubted you. Fuck those losers. Fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. Hey. Oh shit. Woo. Are we gonna go to school or? Nope. What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha? Go talk to her. She's got a really cute smile. Amy, do you know how many girls are going to be up your vagina next year? Every time I come to visit you, you're going to be scissoring a different girl. Dude, scissoring is not a thing. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Don't knock it until you've tried it. It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. 
Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer, hat, chapstick, hat, mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safety. So that was the trailer for Booksmart, which is going to be Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. We should also say that Lisa Kudrow, Will Fort, Jessica Williams, Jason Sudeikis and Skylar Gonzondo are all part of the cast. And it's going to be coming out here in the UK on the 27th of May. So definitely one to look out for. And it's my favourite genre of films. Also, I love that Beanie um, Feldstein gets like a lead role Mm -hmm. because, you know, she's not your Emma Stone or Kirsten Dunst type, you know, and also the other character in it is openly gay. Mm -hmm. So there's that already that kind of fresh dynamic on it. Also, I just think Olivia Wilde is a very, very smart actress and mm-hmm. obviously that now extends into directing so yeah, yeah i'm really excited for it did you guys see that film she was in called drinking buddies yeah kind of like a mumble core i liked that yeah she was good she in was that. really good in that yeah so i think this has got kind of that um indie vibe well i think this is going to be a big hit from i mean all the critics in, but like in, a big hit indie yeah well i mean yeah as in like, like it's, it's got a bit of deep a bit of bit deep a bit of depth oh. um yeah end of may exciting um, from that to Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Amazing segues. Um, and Morton, anyone? <laughs> anyone want to talk about Don't something? pass it on to me. Pass it on. Pass the bomb. Uh, yeah, it looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, okay, so the, the trailer came out, I think it was on Tuesday, and I was on my break at work, and I saw this article being like, oh, so the last trailer with like uh, Will Smith's dodgy forehead CGI was obviously terrible but this one is a lot more reassuring and then you watch it and it looks like like i was saying off air earlier it looks like they filmed it in the tiny aladdin section of disneyland and just slightly dressed the areas around it it looks ridiculously cheap Mm -hmm. and not that much fun it also looks like a shot by shot remake yeah that's what pretty I thought much. I was like they've um, literally just followed the cartoon to I the, also to don't know how Guy Ritchie has been given such a big job with this considering all his last what four films have been complete and utter flops yeah yeah and I know. it's like why why would you give it to this guy because it's also a musical like he doesn't do musical because he's a bloke he's a lad isn't he, he lads. Uh, yeah lads. give it to the lads I know I mean I suppose like they may be just looking at box office returns and even though his films have been critical failures they've probably made money mm. so that that will give him leverage yeah. um, and also slow-mo action <laughs> you know he's the he's the king of it yeah. so maybe that's why but yeah I guess uh, yeah. I, guess I was surprised so. to see the musical numbers in it I didn't think it was gonna me neither I didn't think it was those. gonna do that either yeah. And but then Will Smith I guess it will be rapping all of the um, mm, true someone has been fast to compare the poster to the uh, Force Awakens poster on Twitter they look very similar in terms of like their color that blue orange 
they're pretty much the same poster like back to back do you know what I think as well different characters swapped out I think with these live action Disney films because the early word on Dumbo is that it's very underwhelming oh no trailer by trailer it looks like it's getting like the first trailer the one with baby mine I was like oh my god this is going to be heartbreaking and then the most recent trailer I was like "Mm, I don't know what they're going to be doing early word is from actual critics as Mm. well on Twitter is that it wasn't good um so it just goes to show John Favreau is the only one who should be allowed to do live action <laughs> well, remakes no, of Disney films. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dreamgirls director that did Beauty Bill and the Condon. Beast as well. Bill Condon. Beauty and the Beast made a lot of money. I it liked make Beauty and the Beast I think, as well. Unfortunately, it set the pattern for the rest of them. So like, whereas Dumbo, like the original's only an hour. Uh, or mm. thereabouts so like I'm excited for that one because it, they can expand on it and they can tell a new story with it as well mm. as like taken from the old one whereas like when the trailers for Beauty and the Beast came out and now with Aladdin as well it's like you said it looks shot for shot it looks like they've just done like a kind of really cheap colour palette of uh, what the original cartoon was mm. to make that look live action because it's a relatively cheap way of making sure that they'll get loads of money back which they wouldn't get if they just re-released the original animation yeah i agree although i have to say the animation has really aged like it doesn't it hasn't aged well is what i mean you know the way like some disney's you can Mm. kind of really appreciate all the work that went into them like 101 dalmatians or something like that Mm. when you watch aladdin because it sort of falls in the middle between the later stuff and then all the classic stuff Mm. it's kind of and little mermaid as well actually in terms of animation isn't yeah it's not it's not as sharp it doesn't look as 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 i guess as as dazzlingly disney as you would hope um so yeah i don't know i mean i'm looking forward to the lion king that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) i am looking forward to the lion king they also announced that uh alan tudyk is going to be uh iago the parrot which... Who did the voice of uh, the robot in Rogue One, didn't he? Yeah, he. Yeah. I like I like him as an actor. He does a lot of good of good things, and he's and he's funny. Um, so I think he will be good. He also apparently did the voice of the chicken in Moana, even though the chicken doesn't really say anything. Just clucks. So he just turned up for voice <laughs> recording with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty got paid. So here we go. Um, but here's the trailer for Aladdin. They're over there. Get them. stumbled upon an opportunity I can make you rich rich enough to impress a princess what would I have to do there's a cave of wonders bring me the lamp summons me i stand by my oath loyalty to wishes three i'm kidding watch this watch out uh, you done wound me up you ain't never had a friend like me hey can you make me a prince there is a lot of gray area in make me a prince i could just make you a prince oh no y'all see my palace You look like a prince on the outside, but I didn't change anything 
on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? movie news on Hoxton Movies. So that was the trailer for Aladdin. Safe to say we're all very underwhelmed in the studio for that film, but you know, perhaps we'll be pleasantly surprised. Hmm. No one seems convinced. Um, final trailer in our movie news section for this week is the uh, Marvel Avengers Endgame, which uh, dropped, I think about two hours ago, three hours ago maybe. Um, so I feel like Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen, uh, I am. Uh, uh, oh, who War. cares? Who cares? <laughs> so obviously, this picks up from the end of Infinity War. So the trailer. That also don't watch the trailer if you haven't watched Infinity War yet, because uh, <laughs> it basically spoils the end of that. If completely. they haven't seen Infinity Wars yet, they don't care about Avengers yeah, true. <laughs> at this point. True. That's, that's <laughs> no, there could be some true. people that want to like save the double bill experience for just opening night. Of yes, Endgame. and those people are called <laughs> bankers. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of post everyone, half the population disappearing, and the what's left of the Avengers trying to figure out what to do waiting on certain someone to answer a certain call again i don't know if that's a spoiler is it obvious that she's gonna come yes yeah okay fine is now (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's fairly obvious i think they said ages ago that captain marvel was going to be in the next avengers film she's in the trailer yeah it comes up in big writing at the end of captain marvel (laughs) (laughs) it's also what the sting was at the end of infinity war yeah exactly okay fine so they're all waiting for captain marvel to turn up um and I guess try and work out if they can br- reverse the click. Is that what's that? That's what's that? That's what I, I think got. so. That's I what I got it. from it. Although I did notice in the trailer, there's no sign of Thanos at all. I mean, there's not actually too much footage mm. in the trailer. No, to be honest, there's, there's a lot of uh, reused footage from previous films. And the reused footage is all white. in black and white. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. With red tints. Yeah. Now. This made me wonder whether all the people who like disappeared are in some kind of like weird purgatory where they're in black and white. So when we see them, they're going to be in black and white and they're going to like be trying to figure out how to get back to Earth and like the world of the living. Or am I just reading way too much into it? It's a theory. I was thinking more along the lines that the red was the only color, and I've heard rumor that they're in like that they're trapped within one of the stones. So that might Uh... be the red one. How would they all fit? Interesting. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's the Avengers way. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I they've all been Ant Man. They've all been. Oh well. <laughs> so the only one to because he's separated from everybody, isn't he? And he's popped mm. up in both trailers and the teaser and in this one, looking very confused mm. and not with the others. Mm. And he has to turn up. So where was Paul Rudd when all this was going on? Like I can't remember. Because he uh, didn't. Oh, he wasn't. No, that's in... what the events of Ant Man are. Because that's the sting at the end of Ant Man and Wasp. Ah, because he he wasn't in Infinity War at all, was he? No, he Until wasn't. the end. Mm. So yeah. Was 
I think I, so. Or it? maybe in the sting. He put no, in the sting. the sting of Ant Man and Wasp. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so no, I don't really know, but I have high hopes because of how um, clear and sort of straightforward Captain Marvel was. Mm. That I feel like they're going to wrap it up quite effectively. You think? Yeah. You think it's not going to? There's not going to be any loose end. This is. Is this? The, this is not the end, though. There's no, a, no, no. They've still got like twenty years planned. Wow. It's I, I, it will be the end of, of these this some, particular of a significant chapter that I think that if you wanted to you could kind of tap out after this one mm. I think um, I don't know I, I I think they're still doing something very clever because it's like this this big fanfare of a new trailer but there's not that much new even from the last trailer even mm. so it is and they said that the last trailer was all from the first ten minutes of the film as well I like in this trailer the um, interaction between Thor and Captain Marvel mm. at the end that's really cool because it looks like they're going to have a lot to do with each other because obviously she's the most powerful Avenger and he's a god so they'll probably team up maybe even a romance who knows who could say yeah I feel like we don't have many romances in the Avengers that's because half the world's dead Nikki they haven't got time to be making out <laughs> they they hint at the they hint at look what happened to the Scarlet Witch and poor old um, Vision <laughs> yeah we should maybe discuss all the different haircuts as we were uh, discussing before we came on air. Hawkeye Buscut. <laughs> so he survived. Hawkeye. Only half his hair fell out <laughs> instead of like him disappearing. Well, and there's then... rumour that he's going to take on like a full hero new... What's the word? Alias as well. Well, I have a theory. Wait, what? A am, I allowed to, am I allowed to yeah. give a theory? Yeah, but it might be, But it could be a spoiler to... Um, Captain Marvel. Well, fine. We'll just ring the alarms. Spoiler alert. No, because you get really it. angry I when I do this. I don't think my mum cares. She so, might be the only one listening. Oh, uh, great. Well, <laughs> won't bother now. Um, so, you know the farmhouse? Yes, the farmhouse. In That also, I think, appears in a previous Avengers film. Yeah, yeah. Got you. I'm and with you. you know I'm that with you. certain characters had to disguise themselves, mm. who are Scree. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And oh, oh, yeah, I had that theory too. Yeah, so I was thinking perhaps you mean Ben Mendelssohn and Krolls, not Scree. Scree is what um, ca- oh, Captain Marvel is. Krolls, Krolls yeah, yeah Krolls, Krolls. I was thinking the exact same thing and during that film. I was like, maybe, but that was also a theory that I think Morton might have proposed at one point that some of the Avengers might actually have been scrolls. Yeah, this that's whole time. one of the theories as well for some of them to survive. So, yeah, there's a few different theories like that are the main ones. The, well, one of the main ones is that it's actually completely the wrong way around and all of the people that were dusted are the ones that are actually alive and the ones that weren't dusted so they got transported to a different yeah reality and there's also the late theory that yeah because of the crawls there will be real avengers elsewhere wouldn't that be a twist Mm. um also the daughter of ben Mendelssohn's character in captain marvel is karen gillen correct that's my theory hmm Oh, I the have seen that somewhere. Of yeah. Ben Mendelssohn's character, yeah, is like the young daughter. I don't remember who she is. Um, so Ben Mendelssohn's character obviously has got is is reunited, with, mm. yeah, with his wife and his daughter, and the daughter looks very similar to a a younger version of who Karen Gillan plays in the Avengers films. What's her name? Nebula. Nebula. So oh. and Nebula's obviously been put together with parts of machine yeah. and tortured and kidnapped by Thanos because Interesting. So I thought maybe because I towards the, you your mind wearing. I know, right? So anyway, I mean, I'm com- <laughs> I'm completely wrong because I don't read enough about it. But I, I just I was watching. I was thinking, oh, that'd be interesting if Thanos like or or Ronan like kidnaps mm. um, Nebula and makes her blue. 
Mm. See, that theory doesn't work if she's already been blue and actually Thanos' daughter. Yeah. Yeah, there's... I mean, there's lots. There's loads of theories. I'm sure people with more knowledge perhaps have better theories than us. All we know is that Gamora's not coming back. We know Gamora's gone. Yeah, I think that's... Mm. that's Gone, Gamora. Gone. She's gone. (laughs) God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. movie news on Hoxton Movies. Playing Hoxton Movies with the Genesis Cinema, only on Hoxton Radio. Hoxton Movies with the Genesis Cinema, only on Hoxton Radio. Welcome back. A couple of REM songs there, back to back. We should say we are playing the Captain Marvel soundtrack this week as our soundtrack of the week because it is pretty awesome. If you're a fan of 90s, mostly grunge, I'd say. Grunge and Mm. grunge pop rock. There's a very good use of salt and pepper as well, isn't it? There is, which will be coming up later. There's also a really great use of uh, No Doubts, Just a Girl. And the song in the closing credits is Celebrity Skin by Hole yes which is just the great I love that song oh god that album is amazing sorry digressing uh, now it's okay. time we throw over to Morton who's going to tell us everything that's happening our partner cinema Genesis yes I am and tonight at nine o'clock we have got a special preview uh, presented by the New Black Film Collective of um, 
of uh, What Men Want, the uh, reimagining of the Nora Ephron, Mal Gibson, What Women Want film. Yeah, so I saw that you guys have got this preview screening of it, but you're not then screening it from Friday. Yeah, don't ask questions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that film this weekend, and uh, I'm going to have to go elsewhere. Did um, Richard Blackwood... He's in it, I think. No, he's not in it. He's, no, he's, he's hosting it. it. He's doing it. He's in his tenders. <laughs> it's um, quite a leap. To I go did from... wonder why he was... He's doing a stand-up comedy set after the film oh, is tonight as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool. Um, so yeah, that is tonight at nine. There are still plenty of tickets available. It's in screen one. So yeah, if you fancy watching a film and then some comedy afterwards, then come on down to that. And can I just say the reviews? He could be in it though. No, he's not in it. But I know he. But he could be. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, anyway, he um, that film has got very good notices. Um, the reviews in the states were that you know. It was a good little reimagining. Mm. Taraji P. Henson is great in it. And she is really good. Like, I love she's her. Yeah, she's consistently good. Although she was in that film... Proud Mary. Proud Mary that was not amazing. But she was still really good in it. Yeah. To be fair, I think with this one, a lot of people were cynical when it first got announced because it was just like, no, that's kind of missing the point if you gender flip that film mm. somewhat. But if you read like the kind of write-up of the plot for this one, it sounds like it's a little bit less of a rom-com and more of just a comedy about female empowerment as uh yeah like you said Taraji P. Uh, P Henson uh plays a female sports agent and uses the gift of being able to hear what men want uh as a way to sign the NBA's next superstar so yeah it sounds like also I really like the idea that she's a character which is traditionally always played by a man in these films which mm. is a sports agent it's like it's very very rare if you're going to cast somebody you've got to cast somebody who's going to convince as a no no holds barred like type character and she's perfect for that mm, definitely uh, then tomorrow night at 6.30 we have got a special screening of Jellyfish with a Q&A with the film's director James Gardner uh, this follows a uh, young girl called Sarah Taylor uh, who is being bullied at school uh, put upon by her overbearing boss at the local arcade and having to look after her younger brother, sister and manic depressive mum uh, but then she finds a drama teacher who channels her ferocious and volatile energy into stand-up comedy uh, so yeah, that is at 6.30 tomorrow and like I said, Q&A with the director as well then also tomorrow night we've got the monthly uh, Some Like It Swing Night. It's the uh, usual setup, half seven for the five pound class, and then eight thirty for the three dance night from that point onwards in the bar. Uh, then on Saturday at twelve midday we've got the latest chapter of Right Along Movies. Uh, the film again escapes me, so I'm sure Nikki will now be looking at <laughs> Facebook. I will quickly look at it. Uh, so yeah, this on. is the usual setup of 12 o'clock for the film in one of our luxury studios, and then you get to uh, meet up in the bar afterwards for some free tea and coffee, uh, and to talk to fellow creatives about any issues that you may be having with your current projects. Wearing internet issues, so I can't look it up. Sorry. There we go. It's a completely surprise film this month. Then, <laughs> uh, then on saturday also at seven thirty, we have got a very very special screening of captain marvel which will include a q a with actress lashana lynch as well very cool she was great in she's the film. excellent in the film so good Carry on. uh so yeah that is seven thirty in screen one still tickets available 
Can I ask a question? You know when you do those satellite Q&As from Los Angeles? Yes. Um, is there ever any technical problems? Does it ever go like fuzzy? And they like Normal. put their finger to their ear and go, can't, can't hear you, Michael Hall. Normally, when it's a satellite one, it's more that the event is taking place elsewhere, that there's a Q&A and they're screening the entire Q&A process to the cinema. So like the Spike Lee one that we had for Black Klansman, that was a case of that the questioner and Spike Lee were at BFI and then lots of different cinemas were just show, including Genesis, was showing the Q and A. So you <laughs> not can't quite ask how it yourself. was sold, was it? <laughs> but anyway, not not by me. <laughs> no, not by you. Anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah, Lashana Lynch will be there in person at Genesis on uh, in person. Yeah. She's actually going to be there in person, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. flesh. Yeah. I wonder why you're asking questions about... I oh. did wonder there as well. No, because yeah. I was like... Because obviously the press tour for Captain Marvel is done. So that's amazing. Oh, wow. That's a big moment. Sorry. That's how we got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was cheap. Um, <laughs> no, because it's the same know, with uh, Black teasing. Panther. Uh, last year we got Letitia Wright. Uh, so yeah, Marvel now. Oh, was she gaudy? Getting in there. <laughs> After that She bath- wasn't, no. There was a very sweet moment... Um, all right. <laughs> no, that BAFTA yeah, speech. No, I know, it's a bit much. Oh my god! Um, after after the Black Panther screening last year, there's the very cute moment that is on YouTube. I think where a little girl in the audience puts her hand up and asks her, "How did you get from Wakanda so quickly to be here?" Plant. Oh. She was a plant. <laughs> she was a plant. I refuse to believe that happened. <laughs> no child can say Wakanda. Anyway. <laughs> You just gotta kill everyone's dreams, yep. haven't you? <laughs> Absolutely, stone dead. <laughs> then on um, Sunday at three o'clock, we have got an event that is just going to show my complete lack of knowledge for what this is. Uh, so this is Troma presents a Lloyd Kaufman <gasps> double bill. Yes, including a Q and A and a signing. We will be screening Class of Newcomb High. Yep. Yes, and it's follow up from 2017 <gasps> return to Newcomb High aka volume 2 take it away so <laughs> I saw these films when I was a lot, a lot younger back in the day where all you could get was a VHS to watch and you'd have to wait in line at your house because like my brother was allowed to film my sister was allowed to film mm. and I got this one and then we had to wait till my sister went to bed because they're quite they're very like, obviously I'd say B movie, but like, that would be maybe insulting B movies. Um, very, very cheap, mm. you know, silly, nonsensical films with lots of like um, people melting and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. camp, but no, no, no. But like, it's very silly. It's it, it it's fun. When's that on? Uh, that is on Sunday at three o'clock. As I said, there will be a Q and A and signing session as well. So bring along your DVDs, books, and Blu-rays for uh, Lloyd Kaufman to sign them. Uh, it's just, great that he's there yeah like, really great it's taken a lot of organising this uh, I know Michael's been on this for probably over a year I think but yeah it's about a toxic waste leak lovely Ooh. anyway uh, then also uh, on uh, no on Monday our anime uh, studio Ghibli season continues with a 10 past 6 showing of Howl's Moving Castle on Monday then on Tuesday at 6.15 We've got a special screening of 90 Minutes, which will include a Q&A with Rio Ferdinand and director Simon Baker. Um, tickets are selling very, very quickly uh, for this one. There's only about 100 left for in-screen one, which sounds like a lot, but they will go quickly. So if you do want to come down and watch uh, this uh, new film, uh, new fiction film about Sunday Leagues on Hackney Marshes, 
then I would recommend going online fairly soon. Uh, then on Wednesday at 10 past 6, again with Studio Ghibli, we've got a screening of Spirited Away. Uh, and then on Thursday next week at 20 past 6, we've got My Neighbor Totoro. Yay. Again. Um, again. I already saw this last week. Hmm. But it's fine. I mean, keep playing it. It's one of my faves. Got to get the most out of the DVD, haven't you? Mm -hmm. um, then <laughs> on uh, Thursday next week as well at 6.40, we've got the Cult Classic Collective presenting a 20th anniversary screening of Ringu, the original Japanese version of the horror film. And then finally for this week, uh, at 8.30 next Thursday, we have got a surf movie night as well, presented by Cine Ma, which is a pun that I do not understand. Okay. I figured out what the um, Right Along Movies film is. Go ahead. It is Broken Embraces, the Pedro Almodovar film. Oh, mm. I really like that film. Yeah. Penelope Cruz. Yes. Um, any overheads this week or for the last two weeks? Because we've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, yes. Or you can give couple. us an overheard at Crufts after as well. <laughs> no, the overheard at Crufts was just... Um, I, I was probably the subject of somebody's <laughs> overheard because I was watching a... Uh, we were watching Heel Work to Music, which is effectively dog dressage. And uh, there was a there was a woman dancing with a border collie to this really slow, mournful ballad about there being a new angel. And me and my brother were just in stitches. And suddenly I just feel this elbow dig into my ribs. And it's Megan sat next to me going, they're doing it in honour of their dog that died last year. <laughs> Morton, I got that from the opening words. Yeah. Wow, Morton. Also, the people in front of us, just the to dog like, pass on the shame, the people in front of us hadn't seen each other for a while, so had met up at Crufts, and at 11am were drinking pints, <laughs> like just tailgating it like it was Excellent. American so, uh, yeah, it was very odd. But um, overheard at Genesis, there was somebody that walked up to the coffee station when I was on box, and asked where we kept our toothpicks, which was just interesting. Met with we don't, <laughs> and yeah. regrettably, there was somebody that came up to me, uh, asked me what Captain Marvel was about, and went, "Oh, what does she only save women then?" I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "Well, because I'm not bringing my sons to see something where women save men." I was like, "Oh, okay, no, go away." Wow. And on that sexist yeah. note. Wow, Morton, thank you so much oh for sharing God. those with us. Um, we are carrying on with the um, Captain Marvel soundtrack of the week this week. Uh, we're going to play two back-to-back -back for you. Uh, you're going to hear Connection by Elastica, but first, uh, Crazy on You by Heart. <laughs> up or thumbs down the latest movie reviews with hoxton movies welcome back to hoxton movies on hoxton radio playing our soundtrack of the week this week from captain marvel you just heard heart and elastica connection now we're into our reviews section we're going to be talking um about the kindergarten teacher border captain marvel ben is back and girl a bit later on but first we're going to review simon amstel's latest film 
Benjamin, which is out tomorrow, uh, written and directed by Simon Amstel, who did Carnage, which is on BBC iPlayer still, if you haven't seen it. Is it still on iPlayer? Yes, I think it got commissioned for like a whole year or something, or more than that, actually. It's longer than that now. Uh, iPlayer originals just kind of stay on there. It says that it lasts for a year, but then as soon as it runs out, it just refreshes. Yeah. And it's only an hour long, and if you're on the verge of becoming a vegan, it will push you over the edge, um, because that's what it did for me. So this stars Colin Morgan, um, a filmmaker who is making his second feature that premieres at the London Film Festival that he kind of makes as a way of processing his uh, previous relationship. And he says it's about his inability to love. And he's quite, he's basically Simon Amstel on screen, uh, played by Colin Morgan. He's a quite awkward, anxious guy who has to fill all the silences. He's quite nervous and kind of has this barrier up and he meets um a french musician called noah and they start a relationship and it's just it's just about him going through all those things and he's made this like quite pretentious film about finding himself as well as like processing his love and it, i really liked it a lot it's really funny it's really touching i laughed i cried it's very moving i really like the soundtrack but i know you guys didn't like the sound did you not like the soundtrack no i did i, I mean i i thought they're, the release, the they're releasing the soundtrack which I'm excited no I, I didn't dislike it I, do you know what it, the thing about this film is this is the third time we're reviewing it because um, London <laughs> Film Festival and then we went to a screening and now now um, oh did we did we review it after that screening yeah we did oh, um, sorry guys uh, so, no, it's, but, actually review, it's actually out tomorrow <laughs> it's out tomorrow it feels like we've been talking about it for a long time um, it's probably my fault it hasn't really stayed with me um, I, I, I do feel like it's quite slight um, wow yeah no I would agree that, that I really enjoyed it at the time this was probably well again yeah, no, it was October last year uh, it was a great film for having watched a lot of stuff that I wasn't that keen on that week it was just like oh this is a complete surprise and it is genuine, genuinely genuinely really funny and it stayed with me for like a couple of days afterwards but now it's started to fade a little bit it's like I asked you off air earlier if it kind of stood up to a rewatch I thought it did personally I mean yeah some of the like you don't I wasn't laughing as much as I was laughing the first time round because obviously you know what the jokes are um and but I still thought I still felt the emotional connection to it I still really liked it a lot I think I've I mean, I just warmed to anything that Simon Amstel does, in a way. He was at Mark Kermode's thing on Monday, and, yeah, he's just really charming. And, I don't know, there's something about him that I really like, and I think I like this kind of... this this kind of raw emotion that he shows on uh, with this film. It's, like, it's obviously about himself, in a way, although he says it's not <laughs> massive. It's not, like... <laughs> 100% biographical but it obviously is and I just think <laughs> I think there's a yeah. lot in there that's very yeah, that's feels that like kind a of very him. honest reflection yeah. of himself even if like the events aren't true and that's like that's what I liked as well definitely that I was like oh yeah this is somebody kind of through a kind of fractured lens like kind of holding up a mirror to themselves but it does with the passing of time I I would be I think more intrigued for him to possibly step outside of his comfort zone a little bit more and with his next film and yeah like, this is only his first this is technically his debut yeah, no, no, feature because yeah. Carnage was a documentary or mockumentary so this is like his debut feature and I think most filmmakers draw from their own experience in the first place surely 
and yeah, I, I, I like I like the way the characters are drawn. I, I think their relationships feel honest and real and true, and I, I like the kind of bittersweetness of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it, it actually the way he kind of, as you say, sort of holds a mirror up to himself. He doesn't make the character um, that likable. You no. know, he does a lot of annoying things, and he and he is quite irritating after a while. And, yeah. You know, there's obviously a lot of self indulgence going on. Um, so that's that's interesting and that does feel real because I sort of described it as it's a bit like a Mike Lee film about a gay filmmaker <laughs> you know because it's got that kind of that sort of British humour mm, yeah, which definitely. is almost kind of observational and awkward and uncomfortable um, and for the most part it really really works I mean it just didn't stay with me that long I think there were a couple of great great pieces um, of of setup and joke delivery in the film one is the stand up routine oh my god. brilliant oh god yeah no, that's really great and then also the dinner party scene or the dinner the, the meet the parents dinner in oh the restaurant oh god that's mm. so awkward so so good that that really really works um having said that I was slightly jarred in that scene by the casting because I felt like that didn't really add up it felt like Simon Amstel had sort of called on a couple of mates to appear in the scenes. Um, I did love the character of the PR. I thought she was fantastic. She's really, really because, well played. Because that could have easily slipped into parody. Mm. And actually, um, Jessica Rain, who plays her, like, sort of teeters on the edge, but makes her very real and very believable. But actually, at the heart of it, it is, as you say, the relationship. And you do believe them. And you do hope for them. And you find yourself rooting that they'll work through it. And he'll find happiness and... But All also, and stability. I also really like the relationship he has with his friend. He's played by Joel Fry, and who does the stand-up routine. He's kind of trying to still make it as a mm. comic, and like they're starting to feel like they're a little bit older because they're in their thirties, and lots, you know they haven't quite. He hasn't made it in his the way that he wants to make it, and he, and he kind of goes through quite a lot of like emotional turmoil, and his reaction to his reaction at the um, screening of the film as well, mm. I thought was really like brutally honest. And I liked to see kind of that vulnerability given to like a male character rather than like always on female characters. So I, yeah, I thought it was really well played by everyone. And I liked, I thought it, it stood up to a second watch personally. Okay, listen. Oh no, what? Oh, you don't have to eat the porridge. Let me pressure you into porridge. No, no. Uh, is, it, is it weird if we carry on hanging out? If you have stuff to do, no, no, I've got nothing. Um, no, that's yeah. Go on. To what? Uh, what should we do with our lives? We could, we could get some mushrooms. Magic mushrooms, or just mushrooms? Magic mushrooms. Uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. Let's get some of those mushrooms. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So with the porridge. Oh, fuck the porridge. No, no, we'll eat the porridge. Okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down. The latest movie reviews with Hoxton Movies. So that was a clip from Benjamin, which opens tomorrow. And now we're going to be talking about Girl, which is the feature debut from Lucas Daunt, which is about uh, Lara, who is a 15-year-old girl, a uh, trans girl, who dreams of being a ballerina. And she starts attending a prestigious ballet school. Are they in Belgium? Are they in Belgium? I think they're in Belgium. Uh, yeah they are yeah yeah in Belgium um, yeah whilst also uh, going through hormone treatment and it's, it's had a lot of controversy hmm. it did really well when it played at Cannes it played to a standing ovation and I think the actor playing Lara's character won an award at Cannes uh, 
I think the film won the award. I don't know if, if he was singled out. Okay. Um, but it, we should say it's played by a cis male uh, called Victor Polster, who kind of makes his um, film debut, which has obviously caused a lot of controversy um, in the LGBTQ plus community, especially from trans reviewers and trans actors saying it should have been played by a trans actress, which is probably true in this day and age. Um, I don't know. There were parts of it I thought were interesting but once you kind of know all of the backlash it makes you see it in a new light Mm. and we've spoken about it off air and i did feel there was a lot of scenes there's a lot of um nude scenes which i felt after a while became like just unnecessary Mm. just really unnecessary uncomfortable and it and it there's a few really uncomfortable scenes that don't that kind of come out of nowhere and then yeah it kind of keeps going to this pretty horrendous point by at the end I don't know. yeah I feel like in a way the story wrong foots you because when you're first introduced to the character and you're introduced to the family it's presented as as tolerant and accepting and you know mm. obviously it navigates this journey that Lara's going on you know where she's determined to become a ballet dancer mm. but obviously you know puberty and growth and things like that are, are sort of preventing her from being as maybe excellent as she as she would like but it kind of then introduces tropes of drama that are unnecessary like we were saying you know all the way through the film the rest of the girls at the school accept her yeah mm. and there's no question of that and you think great so i'm interested in her story of becoming a dancer that's all i need to see yeah, yeah. and then it adds on this this aggressive confrontation which comes out of nowhere and feels wrong yeah no definitely I would agree with that it kind of it's like you say it sets up a story with its own kind of conflicts of what is also like kind of quite a familiar story by now of the ballet school like you're saying Mm. but then Hmm. yeah it just there's the there's the girls there's also the uh, there's a scene so there's a a neighbour in the flat that uh, Lara's family moves into uh, that she is attracted to and there's scenes there where it's just the two of them where you're just like oh is this going to go down a certain road and it it builds a tension that probably shouldn't and doesn't need to be in there based on like you said the support network that has been established Mm. at the start of the film and the tension isn't there as for me anyway it wasn't there because of the journey she's on no. it was because I was being presented yeah. with imagery that was unnecessary as you said I found myself thinking I don't need their every other scene to yeah. be Lara in front of a mirror pulling tape off I understand why you why you'd have it in there at some point because yeah. I think the the only reason the only reason I was kind of justifying it to myself a little bit when I was watching it because I was thinking perhaps we're bringing being brought into her mind and she's so obsessed with this with her body as as you perhaps would be she's so obsessed with her body and all she's thinking about is the the hormone replacement therapy and the operation that she's eventually going to have that's all that's on her mind so I thought we were we were being brought into her mind and perhaps she was going to be studying her body multiple times in the mirror so we were just being brought into that I didn't think it was necessary though that was kind of me trying to justify it in my head but I think it was very foreshadowing of what happens later but it just you didn't need to have that many scenes and they didn't need to be that explicit. You could just, 
you can do it without you can have like one sequence in that way or you know you don't need to keep going hmm. yeah There's a lot of bathroom scenes a well. lot of bathroom scenes she's in the bathroom you know you, we have to see her in the bathroom a lot and it's also it, you know in terms of a narrative flow it kind of stops the film in its tracks mm. because you feel like you're making a little bit of progress in in the plot and then it leaps back to another scene like that and then you think huh this kind of shows the inexperience of the director mm. um in that a there's not enough story to fill out a feature length mm. film this way because all the other characters mm. end up becoming just kind of you know uh, yeah surplus to the plot really mm. um and i do think like victor polster who plays he Laura. did. He did win at Cannes. Best oh, actor. did. Oh, did. So he's he he's he's good, but he is yeah. a cis actor, mm. and I do think. Now I have heard that um, the producers uh, were advised, and the director were, were advised by um, a um, gender reassignment hospital that it's mm. probably not a good idea to cast a young trans person in the role because of the psychological impact of okay. being front yeah. and centre when you're transitioning so that I think is a right now I'm just saying like mm. it's a reasonable mm. reason mm. Um, but the problem that you have is that you are Victor uh, Polster is actually very effeminate in the face so I feel like through his acting and his appearance with that alone was enough to convince me of Lara's you know transition mm. but all the scenes of nudity actually detracted from it because he's so blatantly a cis male yeah that i felt like it actually did the film a little disservice because you know there were things like there were various things little subtle touches that i think would have been enough mm. to tell the story without going that that far and then as it progresses and you can see because Lara's like emotionless for most of it and then obviously towards the end things get too much and mm. there is that scene which is it is self-harm it's mutilation and I felt it was so extreme and it was un it was it, really extreme and it didn't make any sense it didn't make any sense mm. it made me feel so uncomfortable and I thought to myself if I were a young trans person watching this film I wouldn't take away necessarily well, how supportive the father is and how accepting the brothers and all the family are which is absolutely right but you take away the horror of that moment and yeah. I and I don't think that's the right especially now where it's such a complex and, and sensitive subject it just feels like to me it's kind of irresponsible and I know and I do believe that the filmmaker that wasn't his intention but that's yeah. how it's kind of transpired there's, to me there's an article on the Hollywood Reporter uh, written by Oliver Whitney which is uh, he calls it the it's like the, a dangerous film to the trans most dangerous movie a tran about a trans character in year in years yeah which is and and his points on um the scenes of like watching her take off the tape is that it's not done to kind of show the kind of day to day struggles that a trans person might be going through it's it's done in a, with a sense of like disgust and that's this is how he says it how it's framed so it's quite interesting. I think a way of looking at it but I don't know yeah it's a controversial one but um, is it out on Netflix tomorrow as well then I, I could have sworn uh, during LFF that I saw somewhere that it was being picked up by Netflix Netflix have picked it up they, they have, have but they. But I know that because of the controversy that's okay. why the release date was pushed back but I have a feeling that it's getting a limited cinema, cinema release and then it'll be on Netflix because they've done okay. that with um, Isn't It Romantic and Kindergarten Teacher as well they've mm. kind of pushed it back a little bit I was going to say because I thought Kindergarten Teacher was a Netflix release but it's, it's not it's been on in the US oh, but, but not, here. not here they're getting okay. a cinema release here and then 
got you. Pushing it out got as well. You. Um, we don't have a clip, but we're going to carry on with our soundtrack of the week and play you a little bit of TLC. Thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> the latest movie reviews with Hoxton Movies. That is a true story. So I was just telling the guys about um, the fact that Courtney Love once sent a message to my work account on Facebook. And I know people are going to be cynical, but it was from her official account. <laughs> and it was, let's just say the wee hours of the morning in Los Angeles. And uh, she was looking for an assistant and she insisted that they had Condé Nast experience. So they had to be like... You know, Anna Wintour's assistant or something. <laughs> I was like, hey, Court, can we be pen pals? She never replied. <laughs> Weirdly. <laughs> it's a great story. I Thanks. Um, cool. So next up, we're going to be talking about The Kindergarten Teacher, which is written and directed by Sarah... Um, or it's, it might be Sarah... Colangelo? I don't know. Yeah, I think you said that right. Colangelo, yeah. yeah. Uh, it stars Maggie Gyllenhaal and Gail Garcia Bernal. And it is about a kindergarten teacher in New York, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal, who is attending poetry classes and basically she's not really getting a lot of uh, feed, like positive feedback for the poems that she's writing. She's being called is it contrite? No, derivative. And she's kind of at home with t- teenagers that perhaps aren't achieving what she wanted them to achieve. And you know, the classic—they're all obsessed with their phones, and she wants them to be more intellectual and. She wants them to write re poems and yada 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 and um, and then at at her school this young boy who's I think six five or six five is five yeah he just um, comes out with this poem out of nowhere yeah <laughs> it's a little implausible it's a bit bizarre <laughs> um, and she she rushes over and she writes it down. And she asks his um, babysitter nanny, you know, does he do this often? And she said, oh, yeah, he's quite often just like randomly starts pacing and then just coming up with these like really profound um, emotional poems. Um, the, the one that they kind of um, really keep coming back to is quite short. And it's they're like, all quite short. They're all really short. <laughs> but it's like Anna's beautiful, beautiful enough for me. The sun shines on her yellow house. It was like a sign from God. And you're yeah. like, isn't that great? Well done that you remembered that. Well <laughs> they done. They said it like four or five times. Yeah. And I did just see it about th- five hours ago. So still fairly fresh in mm. the old memory. It's always the issue whenever there's like music in a film when there's like a band in the film and it's like, oh my God, they're incredible. And then they just shut. Hey, not, that, that's other... what I said about Benjamin and that French singer. I was like, yeah. uh, he ain't that good. Oh, I quite liked him. <laughs> yeah, well. But that's the, poem, that's the poem that they keep coming back to. But there are other, other poems okay. that he says that are like, that are quite profound there's like one on the beach that's there's another, one about a lion the one about the lion and then there's another one on the beach that's also about Anna but it's much more like it feels much more deep yeah um, but yeah they don't seem to dwell on that one so much they really dwell on this the sun shines on her yellow house and um, 
it kind of escalates to the point where she puts her f- number in his phone which i found really uncomfortable um i think i think it works really well as a film like i think the film is really interesting and it's, it's beautifully it's, shot and it's not something i've ever seen before and i think it's an interesting look at she's obviously struggling with her own like failed dreams her identity really and just wanting to be taken seriously as a kind of a literate poetic figure Mm. and Gail Bagassia Benel plays the the teacher of her of the class that she's attending and so but there is some like it starts to go down a very strange path and you're a bit but she becomes obsessed with where is this going and how far can it go and I think obviously i don't know whether it's the film's necessarily trying to make this point but i was thinking like if this was a male teacher there's no way she would get away with a lot of the stuff she kind of sort of gets away like yeah you'd be uh, well, no you're right you feel a lot more uncomfortable she's very tactile i felt like there was a lot of shots of her touching not in a in a bad way she's like very tactile with her son like he comes over she's like stroking his arm you see her kind of touch the kids backs when she like goes and not in a creepy way i just thought that there was like a lot of shots of her being very tactile with like all of the people that she comes into contact but that's with. what i think is really interesting about it um and why i think maggie gyllenhaal is so she's brilliant great in this because it's also a kind of examination on how we are so removed from people mm. and that that kind of you know openness and tactile behavior mm. towards anyone particularly children is deemed as sinister and actually i think the setup is really really good and i think you definitely get the feeling that the character is frustrated with her own life so that's like one plot but also knows that that boy is not going to flourish yeah. in his situation and so it starts off that she is she's really trying to be there for him mm. and nurture him in a way her intentions are completely her intentions are good yeah so good, there's no yeah. there's nothing like that but then she becomes obsessive because mm. she has you know the encounter with the professor and mm. she has the the, the inter, you know the, the altercations with her children who mm. she finds frustrating and limited and all of those things so there's a lot of themes going on in it and yeah. um, I think Gyllenhaal just navigates it all really like so smart and you know it's a very very realistic performance I felt it is really realistic and yeah because she starts passing off the kids poems as her own in, yeah. the, in the class and starts to get more of a reputation as this quite like profound poet which is quite interesting because you're because obviously we know what's going on so you just it's quite interesting to see all these adults kind of reacting to this five-year-old's poem in such a way and he, she thinks that he's Mozart of the poet world that he's some sort of boy genius which is why she becomes so obsessed and like you said yeah I think the intention is that she really wants to ensure that people hear the poems because he never writes them down himself he just wanders up and down and and speaks them out loud and then they're lost and like not to give away the end but that's her thing at the end is that she's saying you know society isn't gonna listen to you they're not gonna hear your poems and they're gonna get lost and that's kind of what she's trying to say it's quite an it's quite sad it is sad and i and and i think that's what's interesting with the conflict of the character is that you know you do believe that originally she's trying to help this boy and she wants him to succeed and wants him to flourish and yet then she passes off the poems as her own which means that she's in such conflict about her motivations for what she's doing Mm. and then that's where i feel the character goes in in two directions which is really interesting to watch because on one hand you're trying to think okay good she's got she's looking out for him and then the other hand you're going what are you doing 
this is a child you're stealing you're plagiarizing a child's work what are you doing and so i think that is navigated really effectively and mm. sort of creates the drama mm. which is uh, which is great so tell me about you what what do you, what do you do i teach kindergarten that's such a delicate thing right you give the kids something and then they yeah they have it forever the sun hits her yellow house it's almost like a sign from god was that a poem right that was a poem the sun hits her yellow house. It is almost like a sign from God. Wow. With so few elements, do you think something very, very complex? I think we have a young Mozart. If you stay curious, then you can see the world however you want. Like a cat. Asked Jimmy to recite a few of his poems at a poetry reading. Forget it. On Thursday, he has baseball practice with his friend. But he's gifted, Mr. Roy. I want my son to have a normal life. Hello. Jimmy, hi. It's Lisa. Why are you calling me? It's almost like a sign from God. Why are you upset? I loved it. Talent is so fragile and so rare and our culture does everything to crush it hey jimmy hi hi turn that push it to the left mozart was nurtured by kings and queens Massaged his tired hands. They fed him candy. You're gonna recite your poems. And we're gonna publish a book that has your name on it. Hello, can you help me? <laughs> it's not like it, it, it do you know what from the poster and from that music it creates a bit of a false impression that's not what the film's like yeah it's not that creepy no <laughs> gone one so yeah that was the trailer for the kindergarten teacher that i have been reading off the running order as the kindergarten cop all, <laughs> all show <laughs> being very confused why it's being included uh next up we are well i am reviewing uh border which is a new Swedish film from director Ali Abassi, who, who uh, wrote the screenplay as well. Uh, it's based on a short story by John Ajithide uh, Lindfist, who wrote uh, the original book for Let the Right One In as well. Mm. It follows a customs officer who can smell fear uh, when they develop an unusual attraction to a strange traveller while uh, aiding a police investigation, which will call into question her entire existence. Um, so yeah, this uh, I saw at Alafeth last year, and as Matt just described it, it's the one with the monster that plays an immigration <laughs> officer. Uh, so throughout the film, it kind of keeps you second guessing. Like, there's a lot of prosthetics work, and there's clearly something mystical about uh, the two lead characters. But it's it's very coy with that until later on. So it kind of puts you in the mind of like, oh, is there going to be like a werewolf transformation scene or something like that? But it's kind of, at its heart, it's a 
mystery and uh, romantic comedy as well, weirdly. And it's about how she's been this kind of outcast from uh, society throughout her life growing up to the extent that now she lives off out in the woods. Um, because, like, yeah, as I say, visually she does look a little bit monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um and then suddenly she meets someone that looks like her and even though she can tell that there's something not quite right about him Mm. and there's like a series of crimes that are being reported in the news at the same time as well she's developing this relationship with somebody who's got a similar experience to her but is embracing that experience rather than hiding away from the world so there's like a lot of interesting like deeper messages beneath the surface with this as you would expect from somebody that wrote uh, let the right one in mm. it's not your usual kind of fantasy film as such interesting and do they talk about the fact that she is she meant to be a supernatural so yeah it becomes clearer later on in the film as such but like i say that it, it's it's a very not a superficial but it's a very kind of just within the first few scenes you kind of get over it you you're confident that at some point it will be explained to you in the meantime mm. you can just treat it in the sense of like this is just somebody that lives on the fringes mm. as such because of their appearance and then later on this gains greater meaning to the film and their journey in it is it spooky uh there's spooky moments in it but no it's 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 firmly a comedy oh okay yeah. interesting Okay, cool. That's Border, and it's out tomorrow. Uh, We're going to play a couple of songs back-to-back from the Captain Marvel soundtrack, and then we'll be reviewing Captain Marvel, and Ben is back before we close the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. up or thumbs down the latest movie reviews with hoxton movies welcome back to hoxton movies on hoxton radio we are with you till 8 p.m that was nirvana with come as you are from captain marvel which is our soundtrack of the week and we are about to review it a uh, very good use of that song in mm. the film in fact the soundtrack is expertly done all the way through yes. um so captain marvel it stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Lashana Lynch, Annette Benning, and Jude Law. Um, obviously, there was a bit of a setup in Avengers Infinity War that Captain Marvel was coming our way. And I think, God, it was like three years ago, maybe, when Brie Larson was revealed at Comic-Con yeah, as having ago. been cast as, as Carol Danvers, who is uh, the most powerful of the Avengers. So, you know, I think this film had a lot of expectation and a lot to live up to particularly because just of how bigger and crazier and more bombastic the Avengers universe and Marvel universe was becoming um, also I think where Black Panther had such critical acclaim and Oscar nominations etc it also had to live up to story and character and, and, and relevance and particularly you know it being the first uh, female fronted Marvel 
superhero movie obviously it comes in the heels of Wonder Woman which mm. did really really well at the box office but I think we were all agreed was slightly underwhelming I really enjoyed it still but I think on rewatch the end is a bit much yeah it just mm. goes too far whereas this does not rely on a big ridiculous over the top action fight sequence to end it it kind of is a bit more subtle than that yeah I think the decision to allow Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck to direct and and co-write it um who did it's kind of a funny story in half nelson mm. was a bold move that paid off in droves you know it could have gone the other way like uh, chris miller and phil lord for solo mm. movie um but it didn't instead what they are more than capable of handling the set pieces mm. but actually what they do is they they very carefully look at the entire sort of uh, storyline of, of all the Marvel films and absolutely almost perfectly slot the Captain Marvel origin story into proceedings I I mean it, it kicks like and also it doesn't patronise the viewer it's straight into the future of where Carol is at, you know um, and she's being trained by Jude Law on a planet well, away from her, her name's Viz Viz and you get like a, a glimpse because she's having these kind of flashbacks and she doesn't quite know what they mean and they uh, yeah so anyway it, it's hard to explain it without spoiling things but basically things then transpire and she ends up um, on Earth and runs into Samuel L. Jackson's character Nick Fury who's also flawless so CG good the, the CGI, CGI where they like and he doesn't look like too young mm. it's just really subtle um, and what's great is that you then get the weight of what happened at the end of Avengers Infinity War because they establish a really um, unique rapport um, they bounce off each other they support each other because obviously he doesn't know anything about mm. um, you know other universes or any of that stuff at, at this time she introduces him to that world yeah. and I like the fact that he's kind of you know it doesn't do that thing where it drags it out for an hour where he's like I don't believe you like it kind mm. of happens quite quickly which is great um, and then it introduces all sorts of different characters Ben Mendelsohn mm -hmm. and, and it takes you down a journey where you're like oh even though that kind of makes, that makes perfect sense I didn't see it coming mm. there's a lot of very subtle surprises in it there's definitely not as many action set pieces as say Infinity War or Black Panther or whatever but the ones that are done are really well staged I just kept thinking all the way through this this is so well made uh, Brie Larson very tough to pull it off particularly because of the weight on her shoulders of being this you know she had to be equal to Captain America and Thor but she also had to be as um, tough and as resilient as Scarlett Johansson and as powerful as the Scarlet Witch and all of those things there was a lot a lot to take on mm. totally nails it Samuel L. Jackson great Ben Mendelsohn very very funny the whole cast is great um, and then the dynamic as the film progresses between the female characters is really powerful and also I just love the fact that the way that they have weaved it into the narrative the women are front and centre and absolutely instrumental in what has happened all the way through the Marvel Universe which I which doesn't even they don't even show it on screen actually mm -hmm. which I think is such a bold move they're just like this is how it is and you totally fall into it it's just yeah i really really enjoyed it i did like it a lot and everything you say i completely agree with i just don't think i was in as in love with it as you are i liked i think it could have been funnier i definitely didn't laugh as much as i was hoping to and perhaps it could have been 
The cat, Nikki. The cat's great, but the I think cat is they could hilarious. have done more with the cat. They could have been more with the cat. But that's what I loved about it because I think that's the thing. You, got, I went in thinking it's going to be like the Phantom Menace. They're mm. going to go too big, and it's going to be. It's going to not feel like it happened before what we've seen. And I think that's the that's the absolute genius of it is that they strip it back mm. and they tell a really straightforward story because at that at the time things aren't that complicated. Yeah, no, I did like it a lot. I think. Perhaps I'd need to go and see it again, but I, I did like it. I just didn't. I wasn't like completely bowled over by it. I think they could have done a lot more. But I think Brie Larson's brilliant. Like all her scenes are great, and like you said, I really love the relationship that they set up between Carol and her friend Maria, who is like, her friend fighter pilot when she was at the academy, and like that kind of reveal of that storyline and where all her her background comes from is really interesting. And um, you kind of get the story of how Nick Fury lost his eye <laughs> which is also quite nice and like there's just a few little things in there for Marvel fans but also it kind it does work quite well as a standalone yeah. it doesn't try and throw too many too many easter eggs in it doesn't doesn't introduce any other characters it's just it just focuses on Captain Marvel which is great for, like for the majority of the main main film and you know you were saying about her friend I love towards the end of the film there is a, um, a you know an aerial fight mm. bit and it's the two women yeah, you know really so good, yeah. and she is what you know in any other film whether it male or female the, the African American character would be the token sidekick the, mm. you know making witticisms or whatever she's that but she's also utterly capable completely up for the adventure totally now like it and you know what i mean she does a lot and they do a lot with that character yeah, and definitely. it's a game changer it is a game changer yeah i agree i think it is it's 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 proving that women can be on screen and whole and like it's great it's great that this is the first outing for the first like female superhero well first female marvel superhero film so hopefully it means we're going to get more and like they trust it now um, I don't know much about the comics, but apparently there is more they could have done. Like the character of Carol Danvers is a bit more like goofy and out there, so they could have done a little bit more with that. But it's still, still a really good one, and uh, we have a clip as well. How long do you plan to be in town? Oh, I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. Scrolls? Shapeshifters. They can transform to any life form down to the DNA. Oh boy, you guys don't have any clue, do you? Whoa, 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 hold on. How do we know you're not one of those shapeshifters? Congratulations, Agent Fury. You have finally asked a relevant question. Oh, congratulations to you, Star Force lady. You're under a. That was a clip from Captain Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, we're just busy discussing the temperature in the studio. <laughs> we're all boiling. We all are quite warm. I mean, we could just open a window. That is, that is the way to. No, let's complain. We're British. That's what we'll do. It's cool. So our final review of the night, Matthew. Yeah, Ben is back, which is a drama starring Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges. It premiered at Toronto. I think to good notices, pretty good notices. Um, so it's written and directed by Peter Hedges, who did um, 
April in Pieces. I don't know if you ever saw that independent film with Katie oh, Holmes. Oh, no. Was it good? Yeah, Patricia Clarkson was Oscar nominated for it. He's actually more of a playwright, I think, mm. Peter Hedges. Um, and this is his first film in a long time. And is orig- he any relation to Lucas? Yeah, he's his dad. Okay, okay. So originally he wrote the script and then he said he was afraid to present it to Lucas because obviously he was like, he would be great, but they'd worked together a long time ago. And, you know. But anyway, Lucas loved the script and said he would do it if they could get Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts came on board. So basically, it follows the the sort of charming individual called Ben Burns um, and we, when the film first starts we see him turning up at his family's home for Christmas um, and his mother is overwhelmed to see him she's really excited but his sister and stepfather are not so keen so it turns out that Ben has um, been in rehab for I think something like 72 days 77 days something like that and the agreement was that he wasn't going to come back until he had completed it but he turns up for Christmas and um, the, obviously you know she's really keen for him to stay the mother and she's trying to convince the others that everything's going to be fine and it slowly unfolds that Ben you know was a dealer and he had real problems with uh, with addiction and had been stealing and causing all sorts of problems and his girlfriend had died of an overdose as a result of drugs that he had given so the whole community was sort of affected by this and so really then the stepfather comes around and says okay he can stay for the day for christmas day but she sets down some rules because basically you see her like hiding all the medication in the house all the jewelry so as much as she's saying i'm completely fine with this she's not really you know she's not convinced that he's completely out of the woods not that you ever are when you're addicted when you suffer from addiction so he so then it's it sort of becomes a two-hander really um for the first part of the film with julia roberts and lucas hedges while she tries to navigate things and there's some really powerful moments so you know obviously in america the opioid crisis is very much down to the pharma companies and the doctors who over prescribe pain medication to children who then become mm-hmm. addicted to it and whose lives are ruined because they can they can't afford to keep up the prescription pills so they start stealing then they start turning to heroin because it's cheaper and this is exactly what happened to Ben and there's a really really powerful scene in a shopping mall where Julie Roberts sees the doctor who is now suffering from dementia who has prescribed the drugs to Ben and uh, she just when the wife goes off like it seems all nice and sweet and then Julia Roberts just lets him have it and it is a really like it's a powerful moment that I think probably speaks to a lot of parents who you know are in that situation anyway as it goes along things start to happen where a former associate of Ben sees him, sees that he's out of rehab, tells other dealers or people that he owes money to. Next thing you know, the family dog has been kidnapped on Christmas Eve. So Ben and Julia Roberts go off to try and, Holly, have the character's name, go off to try and locate the dog and things become more and more stressful. Now, the performances are, as you would expect, Phenomenal, like Julia Roberts and Luke and Luke Sedges are both just amazing in it. But the problem is, yeah, the first three quarters of the film is a human drama where you really care about the characters and you're really involved in it. And then the last third is this just it's just this it it descends into sort of we've seen it before thriller territory, you know, very high octane. Mm. And I think what's interesting is you get a sense that it's a director writing about an experience he's never had right yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean like the the the, uh, the sort of villainous drug dealers turn up and they're really they're, they're like a parody mm. and so it kind of almost undoes what you've not entirely but it kind of does it, it does just doesn't fit the rest of the film because I would have much rather seen how the family deal with his addiction and, and, and how the stepfather and the sister become more involved because they're, they're in it at the beginning and then they just kind of disappear for the rest of the film mm. so 
the majority of it is very very powerful there are some really emotional moments in it um you know mainly because who does hysterical shouting and crying better than julia roberts nobody <laughs> um and also she's the most consistently watchable actress like she's just she's so i really love her do you know what I think it is? What I've noticed in everything I see her in now, there is a confidence in her Apart performances. From Mother's Day, which will just retract from us. Because she looked like Mary, Mary Porter's. <laughs> that <laughs> bomb. Um, yeah, that I never, film was just dire. I never watched that. But I, um, I don't but, know why I did. But I do think she, she really does, like, you feel how kind of protective and desperate she is about her son. And Lucas Hedges, up there with T- Timothy Chalamet, is just the best young actor of his generation mm. like he's so authentic and mm. so in it you know what I mean and there are a couple of scenes where he you know delivers very sort of matter of fact frank monologues and they really hit you hard so you know it, it's about an important subject it's not the easiest watch but worth it these will both complement your complexion which is a gift from your mother you're welcome hopefully okay nice I'm good come on That was a clip from Ben is Back, which I think came out last week. No, it's out tomorrow. 15th of March. Oh, yep. carry on. It's out tomorrow. <laughs> um, we're just going to quickly chat to Tash from Getting Her Ears. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you all? How formal. Yeah, yes. sorry. Good evening. Welcome to... Mannered, well-mannered young lady. Have you shrunk? Uh, no. <laughs> I, that, you know what? Um... <laughs> that, that really triggers something in me, Matt. So, um, <laughs> and I was doing so well. I haven't, I haven't incurred a wrath for weeks. No, I've got classic short woman syndrome. You're not. So it's because you're sitting in the really low chair. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> your lever. <laughs> Pull your relax, lever. Relax. Relax on this Thursday evening. <laughs> what have you got for the listeners on the show later? Um, okay, so we're on from 8 till 10, getting her ears. And tonight we've got Bengi... Unsol coming on who's a senior programmer of contemporary music at the South Park Centre so really excited to talk to her about all of the amazing things that she's been doing in pushing uh, diversity and underrepresented music um, to the forefront of the South Bank Uh, it's just fantastic what she's done with Concrete Lates alone so stay tuned nice exciting stay tuned stay tuned Um, so quickly before we wrap up we didn't have time to uh, we forgot to cover it in news basically because my fault um but it was announced today or yesterday that Netflix are going to be able to rate their own productions and bypass the BBFC. Mm. So in a kind of joint venture with the BBFC, um, it's the first time they've partnered um, with a production company and essentially there's going to be an algorithm that will mean they will be able to give their entire catalogue a rating um, and from, yeah, from now on, it still says someone will watch the film and mark it for 
certain things like violence, yeah. sex, language, and then this algorithm will decide which rating it gets. I guess it's while they fine tune it to establish context and whatnot, in the sense that like yeah. sometimes language can be a bit different. Sometimes also like, blood isn't necessarily thematically violence. something can be quite disturbing without necessarily yeah. having gore or 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 um like you know violence often yeah. often it, it, it's worse much yeah. worse like or the long term effects it of might it. just have like a psychological cuz didn't you didn't you see that with captain marvel on the certificate it says something like that like suggested it, it language say, or something and i was su- like it said something about well, s- that um, when they cut so samuel L. jackson off from saying mother beep <laughs> yeah the cat jumps out it said um something on the kindergarten teacher one which was something to do with like psychological context or like and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because it was more thematic than it was just, like, bad language, bad sex, bad drugs. Well, there's the big just... thing as well when people get annoyed with BBFC for spoilers as well. Because was it uh, Two Days, One Night, the Marion Cotillard mm. film, that it comes up with, like, basically the final act as one of the warnings in <laughs> the content. Because they have to have, like, like, trigger like, warnings, essentially, yeah. for, their, for a lot of... It's a bit like allergy alerts now, isn't it? It's like, but for films, it's like this film may trigger you. <laughs> like, but it, but it's. I don't know about Netflix sort of determining their well, own. They they are becoming their own entity and power now. Well, in the this is the industry. thing. When I read it earlier, I, I read a slightly different article that I read the first sentence of the slightly <laughs> different article. So I didn't see all of this <laughs> algorithm stuff, but it was literally just Brexit. Like, what? They're releasing. <laughs> they're releasing so much that BBC can't keep up. So that is one side of it because like they've got so much international TV that they're releasing every single week that they're just like yeah, we can't keep up with it but what I also said as well earlier is like I don't think I've ever looked at the rating on a Netflix no. film I mean, it pops up in the like, left hand yeah, corner but go. you don't pay any attention it occasionally comes up as mature yeah. Like, like, yeah that's what I am I don't really feel like I've noticed an actual yeah. rating all the time but yeah until all the sex violence and nudity but they want 100 because I think 100 I think not everything is currently rated that's on there because I think it might be able to because it says at the moment they're striving they want to get 100% of their films and programs to have ratings okay so it must mean that they don't have 100% right now mm-hmm. yeah so it's interesting it's an interesting collaboration what's what's next it'll create jobs though you think about the amount of people that <laughs> no it will it will That's no hear me true. out because of like the BBFC there's mm-hmm. only like a handful of them that do that like they don't need a big team but obviously if Netflix and people like that do it they're yeah, going to no, need to it'll create jobs for developers by the sounds of it not for oh they're doing it on algorithms they're not doing yeah, it on yeah. people viewing it they still said there'll be one person viewing each thing and then marking there will be 3,000 applicants <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's the end of the show. Uh, we're going to uh, end with Just a Girl by No Doubt from our soundtrack of the week, which this week has been Captain Marvel. We'll be back next week, uh, six till eight again. <laughs>